On March 11th or 12th, 2020, they began canceling things all over the United States because of this coronavirus. They canceled basketball tournaments. They canceled baseball season. They canceled, or at least they postponed the baseball season. They canceled the NBA season until further notice. And then they started canceling schools around the United States. I was incredibly shocked when they made an announcement that the Catholic Church in one entire area of the nation had canceled Friday prayers. I started laughing. I thought, well, that sure shows how much they think of their Friday prayers. Years ago, there was a church in um, Irving, Texas, that had a prayer tower that they were so proud of. They kept talking about their prayer tower. And we had a big rain and their prayer tower leaked. We were all laughing about their prayer tower leaking. People carry on about their churches and various things. And then when they're really put to the test, we see the truth. With the 2020 situation of this virus, you would actually expect a real church to do the opposite, to call all of their followers to come to church to pray over the virus instead of canceling their prayer service. Mark eleven twenty three, Jesus says, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. First Timothy 4 talks about, in the last days there will be sedu- seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Now the Spirit expressly speaketh that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry, and commanding to abstain from meats. Forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats. Catholic Church does both of these. They forbid their priests to marry. They open the door for homosexuals to come into the priesthood. They also are rampant child abusers in the Catholic Church. Their priests are. That's the proof of the situation. But the further proof of the situation is this. In the Bible, ministers were permitted to marry. The Apostle Paul chose not to marry, whereas Peter married and had children. We read that in the New Testament. And Paul said they had a right to marry. The Catholic Church also set up a commandment 
to that her, their people were to abstain from meat on Fridays and to eat fish. This makes no sense at all if you understand the New Testament for Jesus himself cooked fish for his followers and then he said to his disciples have ye any meat and they said no and he had prepared meat for them which was fish so fish and meat are the same thing but the catholics don't go by the whole bible uh, hardly any of it they set up all types of idols for the people to worship the first idol being their own ministers they call them priests, which is not done in the New Testament. Priest is an Old Testament term. In the New Testament, ministers are called apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Jesus gave these for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. We read that in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. There's no such thing as a priest in the New Testament Bible after the crucifixion of Jesus. In Luke chapter 20, verse 46, Jesus said, Beware of the scribes which desire to walk in long robes and love greetings in the markets and the highest seats in the synagogues and the chief rooms at feast. In Matthew 23, Jesus says, For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do to be seen of men. In the Protestant churches, they call themselves reverend. There's no such thing in the Bible of a man calling himself reverend. In the Old Testament Psalms, it says holy and reverend is God's name. But they call themselves reverend. In the Bible, the apostles, Paul, Peter, called themselves apostles. I wouldn't even think of going to any church where the pastor called himself reverend. That's just a sign of how much they want to be idolized and how much they are idolized by their followers. A woman came to me one time back in 1980 after I had gone on radio. And she said to me, what do we call you, reverend? And I was horrified. That's the first time I've ever thought of this subject. And I said, oh, no, you just call me Joan. I would not allow anyone to call me reverend. They desire to be called reverend. Matthew 23, start at verse 9, and call no man your father, 
upon the earth. For one is your Father which is in heaven. Of course, the Catholics call their priest Father. I gave this message one time to a Catholic woman. She was out of town. I sent it to her by email and sent her this scripture. I had gone to Barnes & Noble to check the Catholic Bible to be sure that they included this verse of scripture in the Catholic Bible. I was shocked to find it in the Catholic Bible. Call no man your father. And they call their priest father and teach their followers to call the priest father. This woman didn't respond to me at all for several weeks, and then she sent me a note saying, thank you for your message. But she went right on to the Catholic Church and called the priest father. Jesus said, neither be called ye masters, for one is your master, even Christ. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. God showed me to identify myself in the two offices to which I am called, Apostle Prophet. So I do that on our blog. But I would not have done that if I hadn't seen Paul and Peter do the same thing. They called themselves, Paul calls himself Apostle and then he identifies himself as an apostle teacher. Peter calls himself, excuse me, Peter calls himself an apostle elder. An elder had to be married and the husband of one wife and have faithful children. Verse 13, Jesus says, But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for ye neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. They even keep other people out of the kingdom of heaven. Woe unto you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, for you devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayer. Therefore ye shall receive the greater damnation. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye compass land and sea to make one proselyte. And when he is made, ye make him twofold more, the child of hell, than yourselves. The Catholic Church sets up idols for their people to worship and trust in. And their people learn to put their trust in their idols, such as crossing themselves. You see, an idol is a religious thing set up by humans when it is not in the Bible. People put their faith in doing these things. So some of the things done in the Catholic Church are crossing themselves. That is not in the Bible. Lighting of candles with prayer. That is not in the Bible. Saying meaningless and powerless rosaries, which is not in the Bible. 
which are made up by their church leaders and are not in the New Testament or the Old Testament for that matter, praying to dead people such as Mary, not in the Bible to do this, trusting in dead people such as Christopher for protection. I know a woman who has a medal in her car hanging on her sun visor, a St. Christopher medal for protection. This is evil. We trust in the living God for our protection. Forbidding your people to eat meat on Fridays, it's doctrines of devils. Presenting abominable teachings not in the Bible. Such things as use of holy water, which priests, I guess they sell it to their congregations. Pam Paget told me, she was raised Catholic, and she told me that as a child, her mother always kept a bottle of water in the refrigerator labeled holy water, which she had gotten from a Catholic priest. Her mother would have Pam and her two sisters sit down at the table. She would pour them some holy water and make them drink it. This is awful stuff to be trusting in things like that. They have the use of graven images all over the place. And they do penance for their sins when Jesus paid for our sins. And they confess their sins to a priest and trust in man for forgiveness of sins when we should be turning to God if we believe we have sinned. There's a very, very famous American Indian potter named Margaret Tafoya. I had the opportunity to be with Margaret in the 1980s, uh, 70, excuse me, 75, somewhere after 1975. Margaret told me this story. She enrolled her children in the McCurdy Mission School because she wanted her children to study the Bible. The Catholic priest called her in and said, you can't do this. You have to take your children out of the mission school and put them back into the Catholic Church school. Margaret said she didn't want to do that, and the priest asked why. And Margaret said, because I want my children to study the Bible. The priest told Margaret that people like her did not need to read the Bible. That he, the priest, he said, we will tell you what you need to know. Margaret said, no, I want my children to study the Bible. With that, the priest got so angry with her, and he said, If you do this, we will put you out of the Catholic Church, and you will never be able to confess your sins again. And she said to me with great shame, she said, I don't know what came over me, but I said to the priest, I don't have to confess my sins 
to a man like you. I'll confess them to the Lord. And she said that priest got so angry with her and he put her out of the church. And she said, I can't be buried on church cemetery. But she did keep her children in the McCurdy Mission School so they could study Bible. I explained to Margaret that it doesn't matter where we are buried. We, are, we simply fall asleep when we die. And at some point, Jesus will raise us from the dead. So where we are buried doesn't matter. In the end, God will destroy the Catholic Church along with all the Protestant churches where they have fallen away from scriptures and teach other doctrine. Before Jesus returns, Paul said there had to be a falling away in the churches. And this was going to be the churches falling away from scripture. It wasn't going to be people leaving the churches. It was going to be the churches falling away from scripture. This is something that God showed me back in 1982. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day of the Lord shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. The man of sin was revealed when the churches left Scripture, for the Scripture was the only thing keeping Antichrist out of the churches. It says, this man of sin who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he, as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Antichrist was coming through the churches and has come through the churches as they have fallen away from portions of scripture and set up doctrine that opposes the truth of those same scriptures that they fell away from. For decades, churches have taught that Antichrist will come through governments of men. All the time they taught this, they had this scripture in 2 Thessalonians 2 showing that Antichrist comes through the churches, making themselves, in fact, Antichrist by allowing their followers to think that Antichrist would come through the governments of men. In the 1800s, the Catholic Church in Russia thought this. They taught their people that Antichrist was Napoleon because they were having war with Napoleon. In the 1940s, I'm sure many people thought Antichrist was Hitler. But all the time, the scripture's been there saying, Antichrist sits in the temple of God showing himself to be God. 
Antichrist would be in the churches. But there are many people who love their churches so much that they can't stand not being there. And there's a terrible fate that awaits them for sitting in those churches where they have eliminated portions of the Word of God. 2 Thessalonians 2, starting at verse 10. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. For this cause, God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned, who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. They will either be damned for all eternity, or they will have penalties put upon them and fail to receive that full reward that we read about in the New Testament. Paul says in verse 13 of 1 Thessalonians 2, But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. But there are so many people that just don't believe the truth and don't care about the truth. It doesn't matter to them. Pam Paget spoke to a woman at their church uh, when she... After she came out of the Catholic Church, Pam went to a non-denominational church. There was a woman in that church group who had been twice divorced and was looking for another husband and found a man who would marry her. Pam went to this woman and told her if she married, if remarried after divorce, it would be adultery. This woman says, I don't care what the Bible says. I know what I believe. Pam just was shocked that this woman did not care what the Bible said when she was attending church. But that happens. I think it happens frequently that the people have this form of godliness because they attend church. They give offerings, maybe. But they deny the scriptures and they live by other doctrines. These are the ones that are in for serious penalty when Jesus judges at the day of judgment. There is a day of judgment. We read about it in 2 Thessalonians chapter 5. That scripture is 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Start at verse 9. Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of Christ. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. We are going to be judged by the New Testament Bible, not by the doctrine of a church group. So you might have a doctrine in your church telling a divorced woman she can remarry, but that's not what the doctrine of the New Testament Bible says. 
The New Testament Bible doctrine is if she remarries, she commits adultery. Verse 11, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. We're going to be judged by these scriptures in the New Testament Bible. I have written out every scripture for you. It will be in our blog, Jesus Ministries Exhortations. On the right-hand side of the home page under podcast, you can tap on podcast. You can find this broadcast, and every scripture will be written for you at that location. Thank you for letting me speak with you today.